I'm Pastor Dan Lewis, and and, uh, we have a ministry called Light to the Nations Ministries, and our main ministry is to uh, Romas, the gypsies, for uh, is the politically incorrect word, in Hungary and Romania. And we've been teaching uh, for several weeks now on different parts of, of healing of Jesus. We can call it Jesus the Healer. And, and we've been going over various individual healings that, that uh, the Bible talks about. Uh, there, are, there are times when Jesus healed multitudes, but we're focusing on individual healings. And the one I want to look at tonight is is uh, the book in in uh, Mark chapter 5. We're going to be looking at the healing of Jairus' daughter. And so let's pray and we'll open the word and study this. Father, we thank you for the opportunity to share and, and study the word of God. Lord, we thank you for your anointing up, upon me to teach. And Father, that uh, every ear anointed to be to hear and heart anointed to receive the precious seed of the word of God we thank you for it, Father, that this word will go forth unchecked and unhindered by any outside evil force, and that our lives will be changed for the better. In Jesus' name, amen. So, as I said, we're going through these individual healings that happened under Jesus' earthly ministry. And what we do is we go through it line by line and, and study it and see what there is that we can learn from that because too many times people read the Bible and they, they just say, well, that was Jesus. Of course, he could do that. But Jesus was an example for us. And, and so uh, we're, we're going to study it because we believe if we do what they did, we should be able to get what they got. And so we, we try not to hurry through these passages. We want to take time and, and study them. And, uh, you know, the Holy Spirit uh, had these men copy these things down, write these things down for our benefit. The Bible is God's word to you. And so we need to take advantage of that and not just treat it as, as something that's unattainable for us. Uh, but it's one of the reasons we want to study this, not only so that we can receive healing, but so that we can learn and be able to minister healing to others. Um, because we have that power we're made in the image of God, and, and we have that authority and power as believers to do that. So in uh, Mark chapter 5, we'll start in verse 22, and it says, And behold, one of the rulers of the synagogue came, Jairus by name, and when we saw him, he fell at his feet. Now, one of the things I've said this before, that when I get to heaven, I'm probably going to spend a lot of time looking people up and apologizing for how I pronounce their name. But Jairus is how I've usually heard it pronounced, so we'll see how it is when we get there. But this is interesting because Jesus' healing ministry wasn't very popular among religious leaders, especially among the synagogue leaders, but that's who Jairus was. He was one of the synagogue leaders in this, in this synagogue here. And uh, most of the time, those people opposed him. And, uh, you know, we know he was a prominent leader because it tells us his name. When when the Bible gives us the name of a person, it shows that it it wasn't just some obscure person. It was somebody of note. So uh, most of the time, we aren't given the names of people who approach Jesus. So this shows that uh, this man was a prominent member of the community. And also we want to pay attention to the fact that this man, Jairus, humbled himself. 
It says he fell at Jesus' feet in, a, in an attitude of worship. And he did this in public, in front of everybody. That also is, is important to note because uh, it tells me that he didn't really care what other people thought about what he was doing. So he was, he put aside his, his position and, uh, and any, anything that he might be, uh, uh, placed in the community because he had something, he needed a miracle and he needed Jesus to do this. So, uh, it says, uh, there was a large crowd there. It says, one of the translations says, but it didn't bother Jesus, uh, Jairus to do this. His daughter needed help. And his daughter was more important to him than his position in the community. And uh, it, it could really cost him to publicly acknowledge that Jesus really was somebody we needed to pay attention to because most of the synagogue leaders didn't want anything to do with Jesus, especially when it came to healing. So uh, one of the things that we see is, is he came in an attitude of worship, and worship is always a positive way to put you in a position to receive from Jesus. So, uh, when you need a miracle, like Jairus did, uh, that's when you come face to faith, face with what's really important in your life. It's, it's not your position, it's not what people think, it's what you need to get from God and there's no other way to get it. And, uh, so his position in the synagogue was not as important as, as the healing of his daughter. Um, like I said, when you need a miracle, everything else just kind of fades in its importance. So he humbled himself in front of Jesus, which could have cost him everything in his life. Verse 23 says, Jairus begged him earnestly, saying, My little daughter lies at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her, that she may be healed and she will live. So Jairus here is telling Jesus, What's going on with his daughter? He's giving her him him a report about the situation. He tells Jesus, Jesus that his daughter's at the point of death, so we know it's it's a serious thing. Um, and listen, we, we believe uh, we consider ourselves word of faith, but sometimes you can go overboard in anything, and it's it's not wrong to state what's happening. You can you can say what's happening. But you don't leave it there. You don't focus on, on the attack. You don't focus on what's, what's happening. Look what else he said here. He said, he, besides telling about the need, he also told him what the outcome was going to be. So that's, that's what we need to focus on. He said, you come lay your hands on her, she'll be healed, and she'll live. That's what he was focusing on. Um, you know, it's, it's not focusing on what he sees. He's, he's saying what he believes is going to happen. Too many times people focus on the circumstances, on the, the negative things, and, and fear comes in and takes over. And that's, that's what we really need to, to guard against. Um, so state, the, state whatever the problem is, but also state what the outcome is going to be. We, we deal with a lot of people that uh, are very good at stating what they need. Um, what they're fishing is for us to do something about it. Like, uh, Pastor Dan, I, I need a car. Or, 
Aunt Marta, we need a we need a washing machine. We need a new door. We need we need we need we need. And I'm thinking, I don't come out and say this, but I'm I'm thinking, so do you want me to buy that for you? Is that what you're after? And really it many times it is. But the thing they don't see is you know, if they're not willing to, to be a tither and to plant the seed, it's just like we talked about earlier. The, you can't you can't not plant a seed and, and still reap a harvest. So that's what that's what they're getting into. But um, a, a key to living a life of faith is to say what you believe before you actually see it happening, and that's not so easy. It's it's very easy to state the obvious. Oh, my leg hurts. Oh, my leg hurts. Oh, my back hurts. Oh, my head. You know, it's those things are obvious, and most of the time people can see that you're in pain and suffering. What's not as common is to to state the outcome. By the stripes of Jesus, I was healed. Maybe you don't look healed. Maybe you don't feel healed. But stay with the Word of God. And that's what we're going to see here that Jairus uh, did here. Um, staying with what you believe. Um, remember, Mark eleven twenty three said that, that uh, Jesus said that you can have what you say. If you, if you'll, you'll have what you say. You'll not have what you think about. You'll not have what you wish for. You'll have what you say. This is a whole other area we could be teaching on is the power of the words we speak. But it's, it's essential in living a life of faith and, and uh, a key to the kingdom. Uh, so this is what Jairus is doing. It, it's what we need to do if we want to get our miracle from God. Um, get the word, get it in your heart and speak it out of your mouth. That's what Jairus did. Verse 24 says, so Jairus, so Jesus went with him and a great multitude followed him and thronged him. Now, on the way to Jairus' house, another miracle takes place. And uh, we're not going to spend a lot of time on this, but uh, the woman with the issue of blood comes up and, and sneaks through. She's there illegally. She's considered to be unclean in Jewish law. But she comes up and touches the hem of Jesus' garment and is healed. And Jesus, uh, this is one of the, to me it's kind of a humorous thing, where Jesus knows something has happened. Everybody's touching Jesus. And he says, who touched me? And the disciples say, well, Jesus, look around. You know, everybody's touching you. No, this is different. Something, I felt power go go out of me. So what he did was he, he found this woman and really pulled it out of her to give a testimony of her healing. Now, he stopped because this woman was in faith. She had been saying something. Again, the power of the things we say. She had been saying, if only I could touch the hem of his garments, I would be made well. And that's what she did and that's what she got. But Jesus stopped and, and listened to her, the whole crowd stopped. Jairus was with Jesus on his way to, to get his little daughter healed. And, you know, in, in the natural, you would think, boy, this has got to be irritating because, you know, he was a synagogue leader. He had the authority 
to have that woman stoned to death. But he didn't do it. Now think also on the other side of that. He was able to see a miracle of this woman that had been suffering uh, for 12 years with this condition, being tormented, and she's healed. That had to help build his confidence up in what he was expecting to receive through the hands of Jesus. So, um, but she came in faith. Jesus was, uh, Jairus was going with Jesus in faith. Jesus always responds to faith. So, uh, verse 35. While he was still speaking, some came from the ruler of the synagogue's house who said, your daughter is dead. I can't imagine a worse thing for a father to hear than your daughter is dead. That, that has to cause some emotions, some, some thoughts going on. And they said, your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher any further? So while they're listening to this woman's praise report of her healing, some people come up and say that, that the daughter is dead. Don't bother Jesus anymore. What that reveals to me is that they're not really on the same page as Jairus as far as what they're believing. They think, she's dead. We're done. It's over. There's no point in going any further. So uh, they think they don't need Jesus anymore, but the truth is they need Jesus right now more than they ever needed him before. But look how Jesus responded. Verse 36, As soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he said to the ruler of the synagogue, do not be afraid, only believe. But then I, this one I want us to look at in the Amplified, because the Amplified Bible says, uh, yeah, you got it up there. It says, overhearing but ignoring what they said, what, uh, Jesus said to the ruler of the synagogue, do not be seized with alarm and struck with fear, only keep on believing. Keep on believing. Now, that's how Jesus responded to a report that was against life. She's dead. Keep on believing. He heard. He heard, but he didn't let it in. He didn't let it affect anything he was planning to do. You know, we should be working ourselves to get into a place where, where we can Ignore things. We'll hear things, but we can ignore things that don't line up with what we know to be the truth of the Word of God. I say a lot of times that, that, you know, there are facts. It might be a fact that there's pain in your body. The truth of the Word of God says by the stripes of Jesus, you're healed. You can go by the facts or you can go by the truth. Amen? So, And you know, like you'll hear negative reports, but faith ignores the negative report and and keeps going, keeps believing. Uh, in fact, it seems like most of the time when you're believing for something and doing the best you can to stay in faith, it seems like the problem gets worse. Anybody can? Am I the only one that that's ever happened with? No, I don't think so. It. It's, there's an attack. And that's what happens to Jairus here. I mean, how can it get worse than your daughter is dead? So, uh, 
she's now she's not just sick and close to death, she's dead. So for Jairus, the problem is worse than ever. But Jesus said, keep on believing. Don't give in to fear. Jesus knows the strategy of the enemy. And he knows the strategy of the enemy is to try to pull us into fear because once we get into fear, it pushes aside our faith. Faith and fear don't work together. They are opposites. Fear, uh, fear is an enemy of faith. So um, that's what the enemy does. He tries to get us to, to get into destroy what you're believing for. So we see here Jesus wasn't moved by what he heard. But what's Jairus going to do? Jairus isn't Jesus. But so Jesus says right away, uh, tells him what to do. He says, keep believing. Don't give in to fear. Listen, if, if we will feed on the word and get the word planted in our heart, we'll know what to do when we hear a bad report. And we'll always hear bad reports. Um, we had a friend that called today, a pastor friend whose son is in the hospital with something that we shouldn't talk about. But anyway, it's bad. And, and it's, uh, there's, there's a prospect that he might not come through. But this, this whole teaching just came forth. And we're talking about keep believing. Surround him with people who believe. Don't, don't vary from that. Don't give in to fear. And, and uh, because the doctors will always try and give you the worst possible scenario to protect themselves. So, um, if you know, when fear pops up, if we feed on the Word, we'll know what to do when fear comes. So, right in the face of this bad report, it sounds like they're too late, nothing can be done. Uh, Jesus turns to Jairus and tells him, don't be seized with fear, only keep believing. Because Jesus knows, like I said, the strategy of the devil. And when you get a wrong report, you need to protect your faith. And that's what he's doing with, with, uh, Jairus here. Keep believing. Believing what? Believing what he said when he first went to Jesus. Lay hands on my daughter. She'll be healed and she'll live. He needs to keep believing what he said he believed when he came up there. So, uh, don't change what you're believing just because the circumstances change. Circumstances change. The Word of God doesn't change. Um, so, keep believing. And now, Jesus is going to the house. And it's important that Jairus stay in faith because it's, it's Jairus has to give permission to Jesus to operate in his house. He, Jairus has the authority for what goes, what happens in his house. And uh, if Jairus changes what he believes, then Jesus is not able to, to do what he is called there to do in the first place. So he has to get Jairus to stay in faith. And, uh, you know, it, when you hear a negative report, it doesn't matter what they say. It matters what you say about that situation. Um, 
you, you not only have to believe the right thing, you have to say the right thing. And that's important. Remember Mark 11.23, Jesus said, you shall have what you say. Not only, um, the only way you can change that is to change what you're saying. And that's what the enemy tries to get you to do. He tries to get you to see that, well, it's over, you're, you're done, you might as well give up and, and quit believing that. Um, when you need a miracle from God, it's important to get people around you where you can hear testimonies of miracles. That's why it's good to have a testimony service once in a while and hear what good things people have, have received from God. Um, when you hear what God has done for others and you know that God is not a respecter of persons, then it strengthens your own faith. So anyway, the, this messenger came and told them, uh, let them know that Jairus' daughter had died. And uh, you, know, you can imagine what those words would do on, on the natural mind. But I, Jairus must have been a strong faith man because he, he, didn't, he didn't give in. He stayed strong in faith. And, uh, and Jesus helped remind him to, to do that. You know, fear can produce feelings. You already know that. Um, panic and anxiety can come out of fear. And, and Jesus knew what that might do. So he's, he's, Jesus isn't saying don't feel it. You don't, you don't, you can't avoid feeling it. He says you don't have to give in to it. You know, Brother Hagen told the story years ago when he was a young minister. Uh, he was walking through his house and he had this, this, uh, thing on his mind, this situation in his life and, and it was, he was troubled by it and he was, he was just walking around and, and, uh, he heard the enemy say, uh, you're in fear now. I've got you. Fear and faith don't move together. And, uh, can't be in, in fear and faith at the same time. You're either in one or the other. And this, this voice said, you're in fear. I've got you. He said, look, your hands are shaking. And it's, it's interesting here. Uh, he said, it's true. My hands were shaking. He said, uh, my, my whole body was shaking from the threats and the fear that this circumstance was, was bringing, bringing to him. And Brother Hagen said, Satan, my hands may be shaking. My body may be shaking, but my spirit is the real me and my spirit is not shaking. I thought that was so good. Your body might feel some things, but remember, you're not a body. You're a spirit. You are a spirit who lives in a body and you have a soul, your mind, will, and emotions. Um, the 23rd Psalm, the fifth verse in the 23rd Psalm says, You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. In the presence of my enemies? Your enemy is going to be there. He's always there. He's, he's just waiting for an opportunity. Usually that will, that you will give him with your mouth. That's why we have to be careful what we say. But just because he's there, just because the enemy is present, doesn't mean he's winning. It, uh, it doesn't mean that you're believing him. It doesn't mean your faith's not working. 
So Jesus is showing us how to deal with fear. He ignored it. He didn't let it take his attention away from what he was doing. And so now Jesus has to make sure that if he's going to continue with getting this little girl healed, he has to keep Jairus focused and in faith. And that's why he, he said, and I'm, I'm, I'm kind of hammering this, don't be seized with, with fear and alarm. Uh, keep believing. Keep believing. It, this is about, it's, it's about what you believe, not what you feel. Feelings are real, and feelings will try to take over, but, but we shouldn't be led by our feelings and our emotions. We need to be led by what the Word of God says. So, uh, he's to keep believing, lay hands on my daughter, she'll be healed, and uh, fear tries to get you away from that. It tries to get you away from what the, uh, what the solution to this would be. Verse 37 says he permitted no one to follow him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of brother of James. Jesus was there to minister life, but it mattered who would be there with him. Now think about this. Now don't just think about this as Jesus and Jairus. Think about this as you in your life. It matters who you have around you and where where you're getting input into your into your ears, uh, there's a crowd following Jesus. And they've seen him minister to this woman with the issue of blood and healed her. Now they want to go wherever Jesus is going. They don't really care where he's going. I want to be there. I want to see what's going to happen now. But Jesus uh, won't let them come. Because in that crowd, not everybody's going to be in faith. Not everybody is, is on the same page as Jesus and Jairus. There are going to be somebody there that turns to somebody and says, well, I, I heard she's dead. You know, this has got to, got to be fun. Let's watch this. There are people who are there to try and catch Jesus doing something. But so that Jesus had to separate them and, you know, it's, Almost 25 years ago, I had a stroke. And maybe I've shared this before, but I'm going to share it again. Uh, ended up, I was, I was a healthy man, and I ended up in the hospital with a stroke. And I, you know, this can't be. There must be something wrong. But the diagnosis was confirmed, and, and it was a stroke. And we knew enough about the word of faith that we had to surround myself as much as we could with with life, with people speaking life, speaking faith, speaking the right outcome, and even had to keep away some from from my own family that meant well, but were speaking the wrong thing, speaking things like what kind of what good kind of uh, programs they had for handicapped people. Uh, it wasn't something you wanted to say around my wife because she rose up against that. And I'm, you know, I'm in the stroke. I, I'm really unaware of most of what's going on at that time. I was healed. Jesus healed me. Amen. But we had to, we had to separate and we had to, uh, put on, uh, healing tapes. Brother Hagen, Kenneth Copeland, others, and, and have people come in that would, that would reinforce what we were believing for. 
And that was, that made all the difference in the world. I believe I'm here today because of that, that short time that I spent in that hospital and the victory that we got over that stroke. Amen? So, um, you know, people might love you, but if, if they don't have faith, they're not going to be able to help at the time you need the help. So, uh, Jesus said more than one place, you know, be careful what you hear. You need to be careful what you hear. You, you have a choice of what you let in and who you let close to you. Um, now, if unbelief around those who were close to Jesus would hinder him, what makes me think that letting people with unbelief around me won't hinder me at a time when I need something special out of God? So I need to, I need to take a, a lesson from Jesus here. Um, you know, Keith Moore, uh, pastors a church in, in Sarasota and also in Branson. And, uh, for, for years he was working for Brother Hagen at Rama. And he had a, a, part of his, one of his positions was a teacher in the healing school. And he would have, uh, people come in that were just on death's door. And they would, they would come in and they'd hear the word. They'd hear the, the healing testimonies. And they, you could see by the end of the week, they were, and he talked about one guy in particular that was just almost, could hardly breathe. But by the end of the week, he was, he was having color and, and moving around, eating. He'd go home for the weekend and come back and was back where he started. Found out that when he'd go home, the, his friends were saying, okay, tell us how you really feel. Don't give us this faith stuff. Tell us what, how you really feel. Well, I really feel pretty bad. Well, you can talk yourself out of healing. And that's what, that's what was happening there. So, uh, be careful what you hear. Okay. Uh, sometimes you can't just surround yourself with people who love you, even though they mean well. Uh, you have to surround your pe- yourself with people who will believe with you whatever it is you're believing for. So Jesus was protecting Jairus' miracle and uh, not letting everybody get in close. And, uh, you know, you can help build an atmosphere of faith when somebody else needs a miracle by you being the one who speaks life and uh, speak faith, speak life. Because it's, you'll hear it so often, how the negative that comes out. Um, we just had a, a young, young person in, in Hungary passed away. Was it Hungary or Romania? But he, he passed away. He's only, I think, early forties. Um, shouldn't be gone yet. But, but he gone, he was gone. And now some of the people who should know better are saying, why did God do that? Why did God take him? Why did God allow that? And that's the thief, John 10.10, came to steal, kill, and destroy. It wasn't God who took that young man. Maybe God, we, we believe, welcomed him home, but it wasn't time for him to go. There were other factors involved there that, that people don't even know about. And uh, But to, to blame it on God is just totally unbiblical. 
So, uh, anyway, those, those things, that's, that's where your test of faith comes in. Is, is if you can go through something like that and still keep believing that what God said, He will do. So, verse 38, um, then he came to the house of the ruler of the synagogue and saw a tumult of those who wept and wailed loudly. They were weeping and wailing. They were, we had a a situation one time in in Romania where uh, this lady who was 90 years old, had never worn shoes, but she, she, you know, she was 90 years old. That's, that was really old for, for people in that little community there. Someone got word that she had died. It was a false word. She hadn't died, but they heard that word and they, we were having a, a service out in the middle of a field there and these people came screaming through the field. She's dead. She's going to just whatever they were saying. Just weeping and wailing, and that's the picture I get here. And I found out, oh, she lived like another five or six years after that. She she didn't die. So it's it's important. Keep the faith. Keep believing what you're supposed to believe. Don't believe everything that that uh, comes out that uh, is negative. <clears throat> so. Uh, Jesus has obviously gotten into a situation here that there were not a lot of faith people in there. They were, this was an atmosphere of death, not an atmosphere of life when he went into the house. So in verse 39, when he came in, he said to them, why make this commotion and weep? The child is not dead, but sleeping. Now, they knew she was dead. But what Jesus is, is saying here, he's, He's speaking words that are going to change the atmosphere in that place. And he's saying that to God, this is nothing more than somebody falling asleep. And that's how he's treating this. And in verse 40, it says, they ridiculed him. In, in another translation, it says, they laughed and mocked him. He says, uh, uh, so he took the father and mother of the child and those who were with him and entered the house where the child was laying. He put the others out. But he kept Peter, James, and John, and the mother and father with him in the room with the little girl. Why would he keep the mother and father? Because authority is a big thing in the kingdom of God. And the mother and father had the authority over that little girl. As long as she was there living under their house, under their roof, they had the authority and they had to give permission for anyone to do anything with her. So that's, uh, you can, you can allow your children to be protected from things or you can allow your children to be open to things. It's, it's the parents have a great responsibility that a lot of parents nowadays don't have any clue about. But it's the truth nonetheless. So, uh, you can't just do anything, or God can't just do anything in your life just because He wants to. He has to have your permission. And this 12-year-old girl is under the, uh, the parents' authority, and, uh, again, you can, you can 
permit things to happen or you can stop things from happening with your kids. Verse uh, 41, then he took the child by the hand and said to her, Talitha Kumi, which is translated, little girl, I say to you, arise. Now notice here, he doesn't rebuke a demon. He doesn't even rebuke the spirit of death. Other times he did. Other times he healed people. So it's, it's important to know that Jesus is following the Holy Spirit. He said, I only do what I see the Father do. I only say what I hear him say. And this is what he's receiving right now. He just speaks to her, speaks life to this little girl. And uh, verse 42, it says, Immediately the girl arose and walked, for she was 12 years of age, and they were overcome with great amazement. I guess so. She was dead, and now she ain't dead no more. She's she's alive. And and it says, uh, verse 43, that you give her something to eat. But this is all because Jairus was obedient to do what Jesus told him to do. You know, she was not only raised up, she was healed. She'd have had to be healed or she'd have died again from whatever was killed her in the first place. So she was healed and, and, uh, raised from, from the dead. And, uh, you know, faith talks about the final outcome. It doesn't dwell on the circumstances. It doesn't dwell on the attack. It, you, you have to, uh, major in, in the outcome, in the, in the God breathe, the, the Word of God outcome that God promises. So, you know, again, it's easy to talk about the obvious symptoms, but Jairus focused on keep on believing. So, it's, verse 43 is kind of humorous. He says, he commanded them strictly that no one should know it and that something should be given her to eat. You know, he said that a lot of times. You know, don't tell anybody. Don't, you know, keep this quiet. They never kept it quiet. They were, they were going out broadcasting it everywhere. Uh, you know, even, even today, if something special happens, a supernatural thing, you want to put it on television. They don't, they don't keep it quiet. There's a, there's a humility that's involved in, in operating in the supernatural realm of the, of the kingdom of God that most people don't uh, know about today. But, Jairus got his miracle because he kept on believing. And and we will face circumstances, you will face circumstances that might look bad. There might be a pandemic. There might be lots of things going on that tries to, to get your attention away from what God's Word says. But let God's Word have reign in your life. And keep on believing. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for your word. Thank you, Lord, that your word is the truth. And Father, even when we uh, see facts in life that that, uh, disagree with the truth, Lord, your truth is what we go with. So we thank you, Father, for teaching us, for showing us how we can react to these things, And Lord, thank you that our lives are in your hands and we're your sheep. We hear your voice in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you. God bless. Bye-bye.